Welcome to the Life's a Pitch podcast, the show where we pitch the best movies that will never get made. I'm Tom McGrath. And I'm Matt Turner. This is the podcast where we ask you, the listener, to give us a title of a movie that doesn't exist. Yet. We then collaborate to create a pitch for that movie, complete with casting, story beats, and sometimes even marketing. Without further ado, this week's main feature is... I have chronic ass-shaking disease. <laughs> Excuse me? I have chronic ass-shaking disease. And this is... Remind me of the, the genre we're doing today? We're doing war movies. We're doing war movies. Historical war movies. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's what our patrons chose in the poll this week. And that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. That title given to us by My Waste of Talent. That surprises me, Tom. It does not me. <laughs> it surprises me that My Waste of Talent has given us something completely unrelated to the genre. Yep, and that's what I love <laughs> when I'm picking the titles. So, My Waste of Talent got in touch with us on Twitter at Life's a Pitch Show. So, as Matt said, we're doing war movies this week. Let's get on with some honourable mentions. Yes. This is the part of the show where we pitch some movies, pitch some more movies based on titles people have given us. You can think of this uh, as the uh, small scuffles that lead to the big battle in the middle of the movie. Yes, the middle of the movie. The middle of the it's, it's movie. Not, it's not, a, it's oh, not no. the climax of the no, movie. No, 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 because remember, these are war movies, so we have to reserve at least 27 minutes or more, yeah. maybe up to 45, yeah. on um, being sombre, yeah. talking about the, the, the effect of the war yeah. on the politics surrounding it, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, like lionising the heroes. Cool. Yep. That's what we're doing. <laughs> the big battle happens in, in, in the 17 minutes at the very centre of the movie. <laughs> It's allocated for that. Yeah. No matter what they're doing, <laughs> boom, boom, someone gets shot. War erupts. Yep, yeah, yeah, like Battle of Five Armies. Yes, exactly <laughs> like that. Exactly pointless. <laughs> Completely pointless. Completely pointless. War. What is it good for? Pointless. <laughs> pointless. From Phil Walters, we've got Emu War. Emu War. Wasn't this a real war? This was a real war, yeah. The Australians fought against the emus. (laughs) Actual, like, not people that they call emus. No, no, no. This is the the big birds. The big birds that run around like idiots. (laughs) So what... I don't know if you know more about this than I do, because I don't know much... What 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 caused a war on emus? I'm I'm fascinated by this. <laughs> I mean, you could just make it up. Yeah, of yeah, course, yeah. But I would like at least one detail. I like the idea that the Archduke of uh, Ostrich Hungary got killed. Ostrich Hungary. Yeah. <laughs> got assassinated. Yeah, it's a little encampment of emus and ostriches. <laughs> um, there it was like a. So here, here's the background. Yeah. The kingdoms of ostriches and emus have been at war for generations, mm. right? And one, <laughs> sorry, I've just I've just got the uh, <laughs> got the first paragraph of the uh, Wikipedia page up, right? So the emu war, also known as the Great Emu War, was a nuisance wildlife management military operation. <laughs> 
undertaken in Australia over the latter part of 1932 to address public concern over the number of emus said to be running amok in the Campion district of Western Australia. (laughs) The unsuccessful attempts to curb the population of emus, a large flightless bird indigenous to Australia, employed soldiers armed with Lewis guns, leading leading the media to adopt the name Emu War when referring to the incident. While a number of birds were killed, the emu population persisted and continued to cause crop destruction. <laughs> it was a war against birds in which humanity lost. Yeah. <laughs> so this is the thing, right? So the kingdoms of emu and ostrich have been at war for for, for generations. Yeah. At least 50 to 60 years. Um, and they are, they are just slowly coming to a peace. Yeah. They build a little settlement. I say build. They come together in a, a little yeah, herd yeah. that's like called Ostrich Hungary. Yeah. Right? Which is, which to them is the Campion part of Western Australia. Yeah. 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 And, and it's, it's called Ostrich Hungary because it's where emus brought a load of food from Australian farms mm-hmm. to that area so the ostriches could eat it because they were they were starving. Yeah, yeah. And that's what sparked the peace. Yeah. An act of generosity started to make uneasy uh, like an uneasy truce, and then eventually started to make peace. And the person in charge of that was the Archduke of Ostrich Hungary, Feathers Ferdinand. Feathers Ferdinand. Yeah. I like that. And so I think we cut to uh, Little Australian Boy. Yeah. <laughs> Don't know who's playing this Little Australian Boy. I'm assuming there's a lot of kids TV still being produced in Australia, so we can just grab <laughs> just one of those one kids. Those. And he's just like, oh, dead, dead. In our farm, we've got a ton of Australian ostriches and emus aren't they lovely and uh <laughs> cut to dad yeah. who's like <laughs> shot from above yeah like sorry not shot from above but like lit from above uh his eye socket sort of in shadow and he's like bashes his hands on the table he's like no it's not son it's not lovely at all hugh jackman <laughs> they've been eating my bloody crops bang <laughs> oh no and so well this is the thing the kid Sort of, he falls down a ravine. Yeah. In in the giant farm that his dad owns. Yep. And is rescued by one of the emus who can talk. Yep. And it's the voice of none other than Fred Durst. <laughs> it's Fred Durst. Fred Durst. Like, hey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We just get Fred Durst. Hey. Yep. I'm an emu. <laughs> he's not a very distinctive voice, is no, he? He's no. Not. But. He's the one star we could get in this. I mean, I know I've said we've got Hugh Jackman in this, <laughs> but he's the one true star. Um, doesn't matter who's voicing the emu, to be honest. But but the, the like Fred Durst takes this little boy mm-hmm. out to Ostrich Hungary. Yeah, he's like he's off on the reverie, almost like sixties. Like he's like peace is possible between all of our peoples. Yeah, it's possible to have peace if we just share. Mm. You know. That this act of generosity has made them all ready to forgive, forget, and to share and share alike. And then the the kid, like uh, Hugh Jackman's out looking for his kid. Yeah. He drives like, up in his jeep and he's like, sees "Get away from my emu, son!" Sees emu tracks. He's like, "Fucking emus!" Yeah, you bastards! You're stealing my food. Now you're stealing my son. He gets a gun out yeah, and, and sh- shoots the arch. Shoots Feathers Ferdinand. Feathers Ferdinand. 
the kid is traumatized. Yep. And suddenly the emus start just uh, kicking off. Yeah, kicking off. He he get oh Hugh Jackman and the kid get back to the farm where the the emus are sort of like they're, they're sort of massing um, back in uh, back in ostrich Hungary. Yeah. And uh, at which point, right, the ostriches, mm-hmm. right, they've gone. They they because they're really fast. Remember, yeah, ostrich is super fast. One of the fastest land mammals. They zip off. Nowhere to be seen. Yeah. Thinking, oh no, some separatist movement of, of emus has laid a trap for us. Yeah. Right? Emus back at home are like, we're dying. Where the fuck are the ostriches? Yeah. Right? Suddenly there's tension again. Uh. Mistrust. The only way, because of course dad's gone and got the bloody National Guard now. Yeah, the fucking military in. Yeah, and they've got Gatling guns. Firing at emus, mm. and the emus are like digging little holes to t- to hide in. This is the thing. This is a prequel to a film yeah. that came out in the sixties, right? In which a, an astronaut went up into space. <laughs> yeah, came back. Well, this is the thing. Landed on a planet <laughs> in which everything was emus. Right, talking emus, and uh, he. He sort of gets away from the from the emu village or whatever, yeah, and uh, and finds that there's a destroyed Sydney Opera House, <laughs> and he's like, "No, <laughs> so, you idiots!" Tom, do you know what happens in Planet of the Apes two, three, four, and five? No, I found out recently. Really? <laughs> yeah, I found out what happens, and to my memory. The second one is just, it's all right. It's not good, but it's fine, yeah. right? It's just him being on Planet of the Apes and sort of like... I don't understand why you'd make stuff. a sequel to that movie. Neither do I, but yeah. it happened. Yeah. Um, uh, it's called like The Lost Country or something like that. He's exploring more of the Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Um, the third one, I think, is... I can't remember what happens to the third one. The fourth one, I think um, they... Some apes go uh, into space oh, and yeah. land on the planet of the humans. <laughs> Just you know, seventies America. Yeah. Um. And, <laughs> <laughs> and oh, I think I've seen clips of that. <laughs> and are like, uh, you know, enraged as to the what's happening in society in the planet of the humans. Yeah. And then they start revolutionising the apes in number five, where they take over and you realise that their going back in time caused the planet of the apes. It's an incredible series of movies. Like the first one is a genuinely good sci-fi yeah, movie because we're From allowed we're me, allowed to think yeah for a second that humans caused their own downfall yeah but no by by five we are being told nope it was the apes <laughs> they did it they're the bad guys you should never give someone cocaine and a typewriter ah. <laughs> uh. Because that's that's incredible. Um, <laughs> I I do quite like the uh, the prequel movies to Planet of the Apes. 
You mean the Rise Off and stuff? Yeah. That's supposedly pretty good. I haven't watched it. Yeah. Um, the first two are really good. Uh, War of the Planet of the Apes is very boring. Okay. And doesn't really go anywhere. But uh, yeah, the first two. The, it's, it's strange because the main characters tend to be the human characters. Yeah. But the only character that remains throughout them all, or yeah. the only sort of cast of characters that remain throughout them all, are is um, uh, Andy Serkis's Caesar and his primate mate. And his buddy Andy Serkis. Yeah, he's Andy Serkis, yeah. He carries around with him all yeah. the time. He just throws it out. We're all apes. We're all apes. Here we are. Like, the, the funny thing about War of the Planet of the Apes is... Um, the funny thing is, uh, well, there's quite a few funny things actually, right? On, on the wall, because Woody Harrelson plays a kind of Marlon Brando in Apocalypse Now kind of character. Right. On the wall, in his sort of army base, is written the words Ape Apocalypse Now. <laughs> Which I was looking at, I was like, that's bludgeoned the nose <laughs> it's not on the nose it's, it's the it nose badly. is gone yeah. <laughs> because it's just so stupid that and that is a little girl in uh in War planet of the apes that uh, she's one of the people who can't speak right because it's a it's a virus that's making apes smarter and, and making, making humans mute humans not be able to speak yeah <laughs> yep there um but yeah at the end they they, they name her nova which is the name of which is the name Charlton Aston gives to the his lady friend in Planet of the Apes. Right. Why did they call her Nova? <laughs> it's it's so st- because we've just got to bring things it, back again. It's just to sort of remember that. And remember, I'm just like, why remember what? the Planet of the Apes? Yeah. Nah, this is this is some of it. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Anyway, that's the Emu War. <laughs> right there. Just imagine the prequels for Planet of the Apes, but uh, except yeah, emus, emus, and, uh, and there's now like factions, ostriches, emus. Yeah, yeah. I think you know, like in future in future films, what will happen is the kid goes with like ends up with in with the ostriches. Yeah, ends up creating peace between the two of them to overthrow. And actually make the humans lose. Well, the war like, he, he wants war. peace between the two of them, and then one of the one of the emus goes, "Nope, Tricher. We've got operatives in every in every government in every world government now. <laughs> They're just like this parrot <laughs> <laughs> next to next to like Donald Trump or something. Yeah, just like Donald Trump's got a parrot on his shoulder, <laughs> which just pecks his eyes out. Now <laughs> we rule. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So from. Ross Originals, we've got You Boat, You Bet. <laughs> okay. Um, the I, I kind of like the idea of um, this being a uh, a car salesman. Like, an, a, a used car salesman. Yeah. Or a used boat salesman or whatever, right? He's got a car lot, he's got a boat lot. Yeah. Doesn't matter, right? <laughs> he's busy slapping, smacking boats on the top and going, oh, you could have so many... This is a... Beautiful. Look at this party boat. Party ah, boat. Bash and smacks it. He goes, you can fit so many parties in this. <laughs> right. And uh, he's played by, um, who would make a good, a good, like, wide boy salesman. salesman. Yeah. Oh. Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. Okay. Um, so he's like, you can fit so many freaking parties in this bo- bad boy. There's no way, and like anyone else, will you'll be the the master of your own social world. You'll be a king. You'll be the the Kaiser of your own kingdom. 
He's just selling a boat. He's That's just it. selling a boat. Yeah, he's just selling a boat. Anyway, <laughs> someone rocks up because uh, he's he's a, he's a scrapper. What he does is he goes out on the roads or onto the sea. Yeah, yeah. Finds wrecks, mm. trashed ships. Yeah. Fixes them up and sells them. Oh, and in this, he finds a trashed U-boat yeah. with a bunch of a bunch of Nazis still alive. But he, he they're still know. in the war. He hasn't got time to, to fix it up, right? Yeah, yeah. So so he's just like there. He's like, right, absolutely, I'll sell this to one. He, he finds it, tows it in, and then someone very rich is on, on the shore. Yeah. Right? And he's like, yep, yep, it's ready to go for you. No problem at all. Yeah. Hey, why don't we get on board and we'll, uh, we'll, go, and see, we'll, we'll go and see your new ride. And they get in and then there's a load of Nazis like... It's shit! We're being boarded by Americans! And so I think it's like a standoff between Kurt Russell. It was a military past. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a rich person. Don't know who they're played by. Uh, maybe it's not even a rich person, right? We could we yeah. could have it be someone more... I mean, rich people aren't sympathetic, so let's make someone who just wanted to, <laughs> just wanted to buy a boat to take his girlfriend out on. Okay, um, Cara Delevingne Cara wants to take her girlfriend Anna Kendrick on yeah. a boat. Yeah, so and it's she's... Kurt Russell, Cara Delevingne, and Anna <laughs> Kendrick <laughs> fighting. Like the the top hatch of this this U boat gets stuck, <laughs> yeah. so it's it's stuck in German soldiers <laughs> who for for the for the poster <laughs> for the poster and, and for the title. Yeah. We cut to them all playing poker <laughs> because the war—they've not heard anything from command for years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're all just waiting. Yeah, their senses are down, so they're just playing poker, smoking cigarettes, <laughs> and then woo woo woo, hull breach. <laughs> <laughs> it's Kurt Russell, Cara Delevingne, and uh, Anna Kendrick, who, who they have to fight their way out <laughs> of this U-boat. They have to. They they get in there and then they've got to like yeah they've got to they've got to fight their way out. But there's in the in the intermediate time right. There's a bunch of the Nazis who have been like, I don't think this is supposed to be going on this long. Yeah yeah yeah. No, I want we're, out. We're all we're all seventy years old. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how we've I don't know how we've managed to survive this long. <laughs> But the but the commander, oh no no he is he is the the worst man, um and uh, he's he's like no oh, we're still at war. Christopher Walken. Yeah yeah we're still at war. Oh, Scheiße. Gonna kill Kurt Russell. And not any anyone who isn't from the 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 Third Reich. It will go on for a thousand years, much <laughs> like we will. They're they're very much they've all got like this kind of almost like um you know because the Nazis had this all all this kind of like semi Nordic mythology they yeah. had a lot of like just pulled mythology they, from they, everywhere uh, they were like we're like the Valkyries not that it's important but they they went on a secret mission to find the Fountain of Youth and they found it <laughs> they found it not that it's important but upon leaving the the one of the things about the Fountain of Youth is it it rusts metal quite a lot and the, <laughs> they're inside the, the the wheel on the inside of their hatch was snapped off yeah so so now they're all trapped yeah. on board and they they have to. They have to sort of fight their way out. Well, sort of be the last person standing, standing in this U-boat. <laughs> yeah. How how does this film end? Um, I the, think the, I think they end up driving it back to the Fountain of Youth. The 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 boat comes up. Yeah, the boat comes up, 
and uh, it's uh, 20 years after World War Three. <laughs> yes. So they they like they basically it's on a course, right? Yeah. The only the only it's set in on a course. Yeah. Um, the only way that um like this U-boat is going is back to the Fountain of Youth, which they discovered at the bottom of the sea. Mm. I've got it. Yeah. I've got it. Um, so that they found the Fountain of Youth. Like the, That's in a cave at the bottom we, of the we sea. We start with Corridelavine saying, I will never kill anyone. Like, you can't... Can't make me. You can't make me kill anyone. She's like, a super pacifist. Like, she's saying this before the film really starts. Yeah. She's just... In in a house of Anna Kendrick, and Anna Kendrick's like, do you think you could kill someone? In, in the and car, Corridelavine's just the... like... Nah, I don't think I can do it. Like, not for me, not for me. You couldn't pay me. Even if I was stuck on a U-boat with a load of Nazis, you wouldn't see me killing anyone. Anna Kendrick's like, but what, even if I was in in mortal danger? No, no, I wouldn't kill anyone. And and so, Cara Delevingne is the last one left. Yeah. Because she's been pushed to kill everyone. (laughs) Everyone else. Kurt Russell, Anna Kendrick both die. Yeah. Cara Delevingne is now like a, a hunter, a she human gets, hunter. She gets stuck. She gets stuck in the Fountain of Youth area yeah. uh, in this in this underground cavern for years. Yeah, and, uh, and she comes realizing. up after World War Three. Yeah, and there's this salesman that comes in, <laughs> and he's he's got another um, three people, and it, it's just her. All in red, because yeah. it's red alert on the boat. Yeah. And she just smiles, then we cut to black. <laughs> <laughs> she smiles as she puts a knife in between her teeth. <laughs> I'm coming to kill you. You can fit so many generations of war in this yeah. <laughs> in this bad it's, boy. It's a vicious cycle. Uh, later on in that series, we'll see that she actually... Th- th- it was actually the, the U-boat turning up and her dying... Yeah. Dying, you know, going off the radar. Yeah. Um, uh, dying in inverted commas, um, which actually triggered World War Three. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. There we go. In the sequel, U-boat, you bet too. Because someone witnessed a U-boat coming up, people getting into it, and then disappearing. Yeah. And uh, and that was that was the thing that triggered World War Three because they were like, the Germans are on it again. <laughs> so now we move on to our final major pitch. Yes. Uh, From my waste of talent, do you remember the title? Allow Matt? me to try and guess. <laughs> it was like I have incurable butt shaking disease. <laughs> I have chronic ass shaking disease. Okay, not far off. <laughs> not yeah. far off. So yeah. right, yeah. England, nineteen thirty-eight. Yeah, a baby is born. Yeah, and. <laughs> And they they put this baby on in the little uh, in the little basket. Yep. For uh, for for when it's born, you just you know in the you, little you basket. Take, 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 they take it out from the river, put it among put it, the rushes. Yeah. Put it in the little little plastic box. Yeah. Uh, to keep it to keep it nice and warm in or, the incubator. Or if you're rich, everyone wants to have the the origin story of Moses, so they put you among the rushes. Yeah, yeah. Just in case. Yeah. Um. And uh, and suddenly this baby they put him in the in the glass case yep. in the incubator and all you can do is like a phone vibrating. <laughs> yeah, this baby is none other than Stephen Shaky Ass 
McGonagall. <laughs> I was going to say, Shaking Stevens. Shaking Stevens, yeah, yeah. Other, otherwise known Shaking, Shaking Stephen McGonagall. Shaking Stephen McGonagall, yeah. And, uh, and he, he is... I say 1938. Yeah. No, it's not 1938. No. It's a few years before that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because so he, can still he's, get he can still be in the war. He can go to the war as a baby. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I, I, I go back on that, actually. Uh, I go back on that. Yeah. 1938, Shaken Stephen. Stephen Shaky <laughs> Ass is yeah. born. Stephen Shaky McGonagall. Stephen Shaky McGonagall is born. Yeah. The war breaks out. Yeah. 1938. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and and it's it's horrible. Yeah, war, by the way, yeah. is horrible. And we get shown that via this movie. Yeah. It gets very dark for a few moments. Like we have this beautiful moment of new life, mm. and then the bombs start dropping, yeah. and the like you know the the blitz is happening, and people and and you see him being carried into the bomb shelters yeah. during the blitz, and you see people dying yeah. out in France, like yeah. you, all sorts is going on. And, and it's a terrifying moment, but shaky R. Stevens lives. He's yeah. living through this thing. Yeah. Uh, but the war's not going well, is it, Tom? No, no. Cut to a bunker, a bunker where Churchill's like, Arr! We can't fight on the beaches anymore. All We're, the beaches are gone. All the beaches are gone. All the beaches are on fire. <laughs> the sand. On fire. Sand on fire. It's all glass now. Uh, it's too slippy to fight wars on because it's all glass and it's all wet because of the sea. Yes. And um, and so uh, I think a doctor comes in and goes, I've got the weirdest plan ever. We're going to be doing D-Day, aren't we? In a few days' time. <laughs> what if... Yes, yes, we're, we're going to be doing D-Day in a few... Yeah, a few, a few... <laughs> I've got time. I've got photos of a baby born a few years ago with chronic ash shaking disease. Yeah. What is that? What do you mean? It's it's a thing this baby only has, but it it this baby's bum can vibrate <laughs> like nothing else. And I think we see we see this in a scene sort of in a in a bunker where where the baby it has vibrates and the bunker just crumbles around. <laughs> okay. So, for the next few weeks, they've put this baby in a boot camp. Yeah. In a, in a little booty camp. <laughs> little booty camp. Yeah. Where it's like, it, it's got a big pack on. Yeah. Like a big sort of like, you've got a uniform, an army uniform, one of those like domed helmets on. Uh, but with just a little... It's this little diaper sticking out the back, yeah. which is moving around like constantly, yeah. um, like um, like a bee doing the waggle dance, or or like it's got a little bit of motion blur <laughs> on it at all times. Yeah, um, and just waggling its bum, and he's like running up, and then just like gunfire is coming the other way <laughs> yeah, yeah. as this baby sort of like waddles through the gunfire, <laughs> left then right, and then kind of puts its butt up against this bunk, this this gun emplacement, and it just. <laughs> Just crumbles to dust, and and Churchill's like bloody hell. Who's playing Churchill? Is it um, um, Stephen Merchant? Yeah, Stephen. I, he's got the chops to yeah. play uh, Churchill. Sure. And um, 
And he's like, bloody hell, put that baby on the front line. <laughs> send that baby to D-Day. And um, it, it... <laughs> Send that baby to D-Day. <laughs> and so it happens. Like, yeah. mum's crying because yeah. the baby's going off to war. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like, everyone's baby's going off to war, says says Churchill. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because... Not... I mean, because not mine. This baby's eighteen months old is does not make it any less tragic. I mean, not my baby. Any more tragic. Sorry. Of course, my baby doesn't have to go off to war. Yeah. But but I went off to war and killed loads of people. This is it. This is incredibly insensitive uh, <laughs> to the to the actual war that happened. <laughs> so what I'm doing now is we're going to be Captain America in this. Yeah. That baby falls off the boat. Yeah. Vibrates its way off the boat. Like just plummets into the sea. You're like, oh shit! Our only hope has, okay. has gone. Yeah, this baby, this baby's fallen off. Thing. Yeah, frozen in the coldness of the British Channel. Right. Okay. But you remember in Captain America where they solved the problem before they they froze him? No. No. Well, I mean, the, the war <laughs> the war will go on as as planned. But they can't get up the beach. It's all glass. They do it. It's, okay. Historically, that's what happened. Yeah, okay. Of course. Never had a book, Matt. <laughs> but like, like um, yeah, so this baby's frozen in time uh-huh. until World War Five. Okay. In which we're fighting five races of aliens. Uh, all right. All on Earth and all across the other planets as well. And that's all going to get solved by a vibrating baby. Okay. Well, a vibrating man now. Because uh, he kept aging in, in the ice. In the ice. Yeah, it's, it was a very uncomfortable ice floor. Like, um, it's it's Brendan Fraser. Okay. No- notable <laughs> defrosted man, Brendan Fraser. Yeah. Um. He's, he's played a defrosted man before. He's played he a defrosted man before. He can do it again. Some would argue he should have been Captain America. Yeah, I would definitely watch Captain America yeah. if it was Brendan Fraser. Me too. But then again, we've like watched I haven't Captain watched America the other already, Captain yeah. America. Yeah, we've we've seen Captain America. We've yeah. done it. We've done. It's been done. Captain yeah. America has been done. This is a whole new thing. This is this is. I have chronic ass shaking disease. <laughs> Just imagining Brendan Fraser. As he is in um, in, Be- uh, in Bedazzled. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> going like, no, I don't think I will. <laughs> Making a comedy beat out of the end of, uh, at the end of Endgame. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't think I will. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but so what's, what's he up to in, in World War Five? World War Five. um... He wakes up, I think, because all the seas have melted in World War Five. Okay. Uh, Earth is just a husk of a planet. Uh, s- scavengers, uh, scavengers, sort of on the on the rift. There's like explosion going off and everything like that. Yeah. Sort of big alien ships flying over uh-huh. and stuff like that. And uh, Brendan Fraser's found by none other than Sean Astin. Yeah. Who is a sort of scavenger trooper? He's like bloody hell. Who is this? It's a man from ancient times. Yeah. The ice starts to crack because of Brendan Fraser's ass. It's vibrating. Yes, of course. It's, it's vibrating and uh, and Sean Astin can hear it. Yep. Um through through the sort of 
endless trenches of, of World War Five. And and as as Brendan Fraser like comes out mm. like of the ice, um, you see a, a, a projection, a hologram mm. of um, uh, Winston Churchill. Yeah, like going like, come on, fight Ro- those aliens, Robo, Robo Churchill, or it's, is it, or is it just it's a hologram a, like a hologram they, they just, of Winston Churchill? It, because, because it's like nothing changes between wars. Yeah, right? yeah, because because they they'd use Churchill as this kind of rallying, uh, as a rallying poster figure, child, like, yeah. a, like a propaganda piece. Yeah. So now he's the AI generated motivation oh, person. I love it. I love this world already. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, and so I think right. What they find is that uh, a team of of Brennan Fraser, Sean Astin, mm. Corey Feldman, okay, um, the other Goonies, now sure, uh, Josh Brolin as well. They're a team. They're a, they're a squad tasked with bringing down these alien ships. Yep. Because they realise Brendan Fraser's ass. Can vibrate various just the right frequency, just the right frequency to to blow the brains out of these and aliens. We, we cut down, we cut back to that baby being born. Yeah, right. And it's he gets put into the into the little glass case, mm. right. And as there's there's a, a like a shooting star over the over the the hospital. Yeah. And you see, like these little small motes of light glide down through a window and down towards towards uh, Brendan Fraser as a baby. Yeah. And just his butt starts. Yeah. And it's because it was that shooting star. Yeah. Was a uh, an, the the scout drone, like the scout ship, breaking up over Earth's atmosphere. Yeah. Uh, and like the the message eventually got out that the Earth was here, but yeah. it's taken them this long to get here. Yeah. Right, and they've come for whatever caused whatever Brendan killed... Fraser's uh, vibration. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because uh, well, Brendan Fraser's ass vibration was given to him by a uh, by a Judy Dench character who was just like she, she was just like you'll be the only one who can save Earth in the future. <laughs> okay. She's like dressed up as a nurse in nineteen nineteen thirties England. Yeah, she sprinkles a little bit of uh, of pixie dust. Uh, on him and uh, <laughs> his ass just starts vibrating and then she just hurries off out into the night oh that's a good point yeah so 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 like they, they they're smashing up these ships right yeah eventually they get to the, like the mothership mm. and they've um, it's it's weird because nobody's on it yeah no aliens are on it right and all these aliens they look a little bit like bees they've got those big thoraxes mm. right um, and uh, nobody's on this mothership. And Brendan Fraser, like, has got a hand print, and like, it f- perfectly fits Brendan Fraser's hand. Oh man! And he's like, "What's going on here?" And a, a, a whole thing comes up, and it's the la- the last Mayday message of the ship that came down over Earth. Oh man! Right? It's Judy Dench. She's like, "I am the queen of a se- of of a of a planet." Mm. Um, like as as like all this power, the last of like so something comes up out of Brendan Fraser's hand, yeah, right, and goes in like it's like it's feeding data into this system, yeah, and it's it's actually like you know it's kind of like the uh, Obi Wan, you're a, you're my only hope sort of situation, right, yeah, where instead of R two D two, it was Brendan Fraser that this got left in, yeah, and it was like don't blame this this planet for for my death, it was a malfunction of my ship, 
that I my ship broke up over their planet. Well, it's too late now. World War Five. Exactly. On. Like it's just a misunderstanding that caused it. Yeah. But now the the important part is though that Brendan Fraser's got the mothership. <laughs> He's got the mothership and he's able to communicate with these bee-like aliens because he's got a shaking ass. Yeah. He's shaking his <laughs> he's ass around. That, yeah, right. yeah. So, like, you said there were, like, five races of aliens that were attacking Earth. Yeah. Um, so he's able it's to... It's actually World War Ten. Yeah. But there's only five races of aliens that are cool. fighting. Cool, so they're doing, it, they're doing the last five, like, the five <laughs> through ten they're doing at the same time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just like ah shit well, we can't not call it a world war because the entire world is at war yeah yeah so what do we call this one it's just going on during the f- we call it battlefield earth <laughs> so Brendan Fraser's on the top of this flying saucer waggling his butt and marshalling these these bee like aliens <laughs> at the other aliens <laughs> while the rest of the goonies fly it around yeah They've got their own Goonie ship. Yep. That uh, can uh, that can fly. And I, I, how does this film end? Um, I. We haven't really gone into the motivations of the other four aliens, so there's nothing really there for us to. No, not really. Um, I think it's just a sort of. I, I think this ends. With... With, with the mothership going down in, into and freezing in in space, <laughs> this ends with Churchill waking up and going, "Bloody hell! <laughs> oh fuck! <laughs> Get that baby off that boat!" <laughs> what a in, ridiculous idea! Churchill's in a time loop. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's the end of that. <laughs> That was uh, I have chronic ass making disease. <laughs> it's all a Churchill dream. <laughs> but he was going to put a baby on that boat. Yeah, he was. He was. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> he would have done it. He would have thrown a thousand babies <laughs> on a boat. I'll <laughs> throw the other nine hundred and ninety-nine babies on the boat. But don't put that one he's, on. He's the bad guy from Monsters, Inc. Yeah. I'll kidnap a thousand children before I let this company die. He, yeah. He's got that bit. Yeah. I'll be a war hero in England if it kills 999 babies. <laughs> Jesus. Right. So, yes, that was I Have Chronic Ass Shaking Disease. Yep. Thank you, My Waste of Talent, for that. <laughs> Great title. For that. Yeah, thank you for that. I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, that was, uh, that was a fun, fun title. Um, remember, as always, uh, if you want to give us titles any time of the week, to go to visit our social medias. That is facebook.com forward slash Life's a Pitch podcast and Twitter at Life's a Pitch show as well. If you have enjoyed the show and you want to... Uh... Uh, and, and and you want to tell us about it? Well, I mean, tell us about it, but also tell your friends. Maybe tag us in a post about it to about us to your friends. We'd really appreciate it if you would share the podcast. Yeah. Um. Uh. Like that's our only way of getting this out there, really. So, um, it, you guys are our marketing arm, uh, and we appreciate those of you who have who have put the name out uh, to to your friends uh, and um, and on social media and stuff. Um. 
we also, of course, have to thank those people over on patreon.com forward slash Life's a Pitch podcast who fund the show. Um, over there on patreon.com, you can go over and you can uh, get bonus pitches and all sorts of stuff, all sorts of prizes, um, just by giving us like a dollar or more a month. Oh, I wouldn't say prizes, it's just stuff. stuff. It's, just, yeah. it's just material. Just more stuff, more Prize content. material. <laughs> <laughs> it's prize esque. <laughs> I mean, you don't win it. No, you just get you it. You pay and then you get it. Yeah, but it's it's prize-esque, yeah. I would say. Yeah. It's more of a gesture. A reward. Yeah, it's sort of like, it's not, you're not buying anything. You're supporting us, and yeah. then we're saying, nice one, thank you, here's a lovely bit of extra content. Yeah. Anyway, we these are the people who've done it, and yeah. these are all their definitely real names. Yeah. We've got Ross Original, we've got Brandon Spanky Mills, does nobody find it odd that a dragon targeted whales? Jeremy L. Kayam, Stephen D. Thomas, Fingers to Hand, Mr. Beakfast, a group called Husk Dawn have captured the channel, James Delaney, New Scramble, more like old mortgage rates, in today's news, vigilantes have stolen breakfast, Brent Black, I yearn for a simpler time, Mavis, remember BP Beans? Look, I'm sorry that I prefer to eat out, but it makes me feel like I exist. Werebisk Turner has broken free and is battling the serial dragon of Wales. Joseph Hegarty. Prime Minister, was it all worth it? Was it all worth it? Newcastle, more like more hassle, Pete. Alex NSFW, okay, everybody be nice. Car gets here soon, and he's changed somewhat. Glenn, if I can't trust you with an airport, you can just run the RAF. Prime Minister, the Queen is here, and she's really anger. Prime Minister, we agreed not to talk coronavirus. This universe has enough on. So thank you to all those people whose real names I just read out. Um, we appreciate the, the support you're giving us. So we end the show, as we always do, with the Yes Very Clever Award. This is the award given to someone who's given us a title based around the existing title, just making us laugh. Uh, so this week, from Vid Sermon, we've got Brave Fart. Brave Fart. Yeah, that made yep. me chuckle a lot. <laughs> it was. He was brave to fart. <laughs> remember, remember when William Wallace did a toot and it was really brave? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Never take our freedom. Never take our beans, dumb. Lol. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time, I've been Matt Taylor. I've been Tomograph. Remember who pitched it. <laughs>